put in work, work. Put him in that dirt. Send me gon' squirt, squirt. Damn, he got hurt. Who got that work? He got that work. She pop that pussy. She make it twerk. Couple model bitches. Thought I bought for the Lakers. All they know is sucking fuck. They speak a different language. She like that cocaine. I sniff it off my banger. She like to blow my nine. I think she gone brain. Hey, this is Steve Balton. We are here at Patch's studio today for my turning point with ASAP Ferg. Dude, thanks so much for being here. Cool. So my turning point, the, the premise of the show is basically you pick a moment that sort of led you to being who you are today. That one moment that, that you feel like, you know, sort of made you ASAP Ferg. And it's funny, going back to, again, my friendship with Rocky, we talked so much, he and I, about, you know, what happened with Yams and how that sort of changed him right. as a person. For you, what do, what do you feel is that one, you know, if you had to pick one moment that sort of, you know, created the the persona, the public persona of ASAP Ferg? Well, I would say that, like, um, it was this one party that uh, we used to always, like, try to get in these parties. Me and my friend Jay West, he's, like, was a party head. Like, I, I, I was never really so much into clubs. I just loved sneaking into the, to, to the clubs. Um, but it was just like this one party where I was just like, I, I've had enough. Like, you know, I, like while we trying to get into this place, they should want us to be here. And I'm like, what? They don't respect us. And I'm like, if they don't respect us, then we got to make them respect us. And then like I went in overload, like with just working and working on my craft and just becoming the person I wanted to be. Because I, even if we made it in the club, I didn't want to be around somebody's section and kind of like you know around them and trying to get they girls and you know like just being around somebody else's vibe i wanted to be the one throwing my own party with my own people and my own bottle service and i wanted to do my own thing if i was gonna go to the club so you know it was just like it was a bunch of things that i had to like make a priority like you know we used to wait on lines for like the yeezys and all of that like and I'm like, yo, why are we like, why am I here spending three hundred and fifty dollars on sneakers? And I don't even really got money in my pocket. I don't even know how I'm gonna make money tomorrow. Um, I got to get my priorities in line. So it was just like between those moments of like just spending money frivolously and um, not knowing how I'm gonna get it back, and also like not getting led into VIP or just the clubs. Like, I just, you know, I ain't want to finesse to get into no club. I wanted to just be me, and people knew who I was, and they just let me in the way they do now. And um, that's what got me to where I am. And I always told myself, like, um, fuck buying all the sneakers now because, like, when I get popping, people going to want me to wear their shoes. So, And that's exactly what happened. I, like, I get signed to Adidas years <laughs> later, and I get all the free Yeezys from Kanye. <laughs> So how old were you when when the, when you sort of had that epiphany? It's funny because it's an age thing too. As you get older, you realize because again, it's that same thing of like, dude, why the like you start going to these clubs and you realize I don't even want to be here. Why am I trying? Yeah, I never liked clubs. I just like I said, I love sneaking into them because people were spending so much money to get in, like bottle service, five hundred dollars, and this that, and that. I ain't understand that shit. I'm like, I'm not spending that. I don't even have that. 
I have fifty dollars in my pocket with a nice outfit, like, and I'm not spending fifty dollars to get in, like, and be like without a table or some shit. So we would just like finesse. We always finesse and just figure out like how to get in the club. But then when we got in the club, like, I'm one of them people where it's like I like saying less, and like I attract what I want and what I what like what I need. Um, I'm not a loud speaker. Like I like when I go to the clubs, I feel like I gotta talk loud and talking to people's ears. Like that shit gave me anxiety. Like as a kid, like I felt like the club would swallow me up. So I just was like, man, fuck this shit. I was more prone to like going to hipster events or like you know fashion events or artists, artists like um, uh, Dame Dash used to have uh this spot called the dojo and um tribeca where like everybody used to hang out it was like dean ricky like all the artistic kids like soho kids downtown and um we would just all go he had like paintings of new artists up he had like a studio there it was like a cool vibe everybody was drinking bud light and shit like that that was always my vibe so like yeah like i just that was the the epiphany i had but it's interesting because I, what I love about it, one of the reasons I like doing this format where you go back in time is because it's funny. When you look at it today, and we were talking about hanging out backstage at ASAP, you know, the mob show at the Shrine mm-hmm. with John C. Riley smoking out in the other room. Yeah. That, that sort of eclecticism. It's funny when you look back to being a kid and go into that, or, you know, like first coming up and going to that artistic stuff. Yeah. You know, that still permeates everything you do today. I'm sure it's such a big part of how you create art and being influenced by so many different things versus simply you know, throwing out some fucking club bangers. For sure. You know, so talk about, you know, let's take it to the new record and how all of those different interests, Yeah. you know, tie in. And it's funny, What's I suck with titles, dude, because I just, you know, listed everything all at like, once. The uh, new track that was just released right now. Well, I'll release Floor Seats. That's I, the one with the BMX in the video. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so I mean, even like, again, that's showing all these different interests. By the way, how yeah. are you on BMX? Oh, I mean, you can see in the video, I'm I'm getting crazy. I'm doing tricks, like, ask Nigel Tavesta. That's my boy. Like, we ride bikes and shit together. But, um, yeah, like, I've always been into, like, BMX and bike riding and art and fashion. That's always been my thing. So I always try to incorporate that into my visual. And just my aesthetic, period. Like, you know, if it doesn't have my DNA in it or, like, just fully me, then I just feel like it ain't me. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, the club, just the the the, the, the just the straight club is not me. So it's just like, what is it? So it's BMX. It's like, you know, uh, Valentine from France, the division group, shooting my videos and, you know, really capturing the lifestyle in a, a lens that's like untra- untraditional and unconventional. It's funny, Slash is a friend. I've known him for years, too. And he used to be a BMX rider. So if there's one, or two, if there's one or two people musician-wise that you would want a BMX ride with, who would it be? Mm. Ooh, wow. If it was one musician. One or two, you know, that you would just want to go riding with for the day, just for, you know. Probably that's to be on video, just probably, for fun. Probably Pharrell. Pharrell. Because I know he's nice on the bike. Yeah, Pharrell. Pharrell or Tyler, the creator, because I know they both like to get busy on bikes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. It's interesting for you. I mean, you know, so talk about, take us through the whole EP and, mm-hmm. and how these different interests, you know, come in 
to mm. you know the aesthetic on on this record. And also, by the way, you just announced the upcoming tour. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know. So talk about. I mean, especially because it's funny on stage, even more so. You yeah. can bring that aesthetic in. You know, you you have so much freedom to be able to do right different shit on there, and especially right. production now. Right. You know, it is just so over the top. So for you, talk about how you'll be bringing all those elements into the tour. I mean, more so like first the project, like bringing in different elements is, I mean, I'm just a different kind of artist, period. Like you're, you're here, um, my ad libs and just different things that's like not conventional to like a, your, your usual artist. Um, my approach is different. Um, my beats is different. My beat selection is different. I'm working with um, Tweaks, Tweak Tune, who's one of my um, favorite um, in-house producers uh, right now. And he did the Wham track. Um, I work with Rufio on a, uh, the Floor Seas track. With, um, I, I, we sampled uh, the guy that just committed suicide. We sampled... Um, Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah, from uh no, no no we sampled uh from the group um why am I I have a brain fart right now David Berman no no no, no the group the group that uh well, I, I mean can't think it, it's, it's, also, um, it's um also by the way very sad that I can sit here and list multiple people who just killed themselves yeah that's horrible yeah that's very bad <laughs> that's very bad that's the smack my bitch up that song oh. Keith Flint. Yeah, Keith Flint. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. Keith Flint. We just sampled him. Rest in peace to him. But um, that was the sample that made that track. So it's just like playing with different like um, genres as well. Uh, different approach. That's me on a hook. It sounds like a sample, but that's me on a uh, actual hook. Um, working with Rico Nasty on a project. She's a character to me. Um, working with Asian Doll and um. Yeah, it's just like evolving the sound. You know what I'm saying? It's like giving people what they love from me plus like what I've gathered, you know, traveling the world or just listening to different music. And definitely the uh, the tour is going to reflect that through visual and just, you know, the whole aesthetic of merch and like the whole, the whole shebang. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, you know, there's so many artists that in all genres that I really admire for the way that they've been able to evolve over the years mm -hmm. and change up. So when you talk about, you know, whether it's Keith Flint or like Tom Waits is someone for me or a Radiohead who, you know, a lot of artists love, when you look at those artists or you look at like Pharrell, yeah. you know, who works with so many freaking different styles and so many different artists, yeah. you know, who are those artists you admire for the way that they're able to evolve and the way they've changed and you look at it as like, okay, I can see this is what a... You, you look at a, like a rock guy like Neil Young, Mm -hmm. who's been doing it for like 50 years mm -hmm. and he'll put out a fucking synth album and he'll put a country album and he'll go out and you know people still love him after yeah. all this time who are those artists you look at and admire for the way they've been able to do it for so long well one uh david bowie uh now rogers um daft punk um pharrell kanye rocky tyler um Busta, Missy, uh, Ludacris don't get enough credit, but like Ludacris, like I used to love like a lot of his early work. Even like, uh, yeah, like I think I named for the most part like all of them. 
But yeah. it's so just because they have so many different styles and so many different things. And it's funny, I just did a Forbes Who I Am column with Niall, who's amazing, dude. I, I love, love Niall Rogers. He is one of the most interesting, fascinating. His music gets me in such a good mood. Like I listen to Lashik, like in the daytime, and I'm just like, like it just it just jumps jump starts the day. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the happy because he's such an upbeat dude. Right, he's such a happy guy. And by the way, I mean, I'm I love Jamiroquai as well. I forgot. Nice, yeah. that's a good one too. Yeah. It's that same thing of just that music that just puts you in a good mood. Right. But you know, did you ever read Niall's book? Because holy shit, that dude's had the craziest life. No, I watched this documentary. Okay, he yeah. said they're telling me about how he's like, oh yeah, you know, he was like hanging out with freaks in the '60s. He gets taken to some house, and Timothy Leary is there, and he's doing acid. It was the first time he did acid was with Timothy Leary, and Niall was just like, yeah, I was missing for two days. My grandmother was like, where have you been? It's funny. Yeah. I'm not so into that scene anymore. You know, yeah. at, at a point I was very into the '60s stuff. Yeah. And in fact, Rocky and I talked a lot about. He's a big ass Doors fan, so we talked a lot about that. Yeah. But I, I watch documentaries on the door, Doors as well. Okay. Are you a yeah. fan as well? Yeah, I like. I just like the aesthetic of um, Jim Morrison. Like his swag was crazy. Yeah, well, he was such a yeah. fucking rock star. Yeah, he was a rock star. He, like I've read that. Like he. He will always get called a pretty boy, so he like ate and ate and ate and binged ate until like he became like this fat, like unattractive dude, mm -hmm. just because like his swag was just too crazy. <laughs> so I watched a documentary. I actually watched uh, uh, last last twenty four hours or something of like Jim Morrison's life on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's what really like, but his his garments really attracted me to like just like checking his shit out. Yeah, no, it's funny. I mean, you know, the yeah. leather pants, he had that whole... The leather pants, yeah. He had that whole <laughs> rock star sort of, yeah. Exactly. It's funny, when you think about then, you know, well, we'll make this a two... We'll go back to the other thing in a second, but when you think about then those artists whose image... That's have, how all artists attract me, though. Like, I have to fuck with what they're wearing. Or just like I heard Kanye say once, like, the way he samples songs and deciphers what songs he's going to use is by, like, the album cover. He judges a book by his cover basically like and he just picks like randomly and I do the same thing like if I'm trying to look for like something dope to listen to and I never heard it before and I go to like a record store I'm gonna go to the wildest cover you know what I'm saying so that's just me all the way so, I never took acid though I'm scared of, I'm scared of that shit I did you're not missing much man I mean <laughs> I'm glad I did it cause you know it was fun to try yeah but you know I'm scared of drugs period that's you know that's probably smart <laughs> yeah you know but it's funny what was the last uh what was the last record that jumped out at you cover wise the last thing that you saw that was just like or it actually doesn't even have to be record the last like just visual thing that just you know blew your mind because even at real street you know they had the car show they had yeah. a lot of stuff there you know i mean it's funny when you have something that's that big though I loved Real Street, by the way. I thought it was done brilliantly. Real Street? Yeah, the one this past weekend where you jumped on stage with Rocky. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. you know? I mean, it's funny, though, because I was hanging out with a bunch of different artists backstage, too. Right. You know, the thing is, you never get to see anything. You probably didn't get to walk around at all. You probably got there on time to jump on stage with Rocky. Yeah, and I, didn't then get, take, I didn't get to see shit. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, so what was the last thing you saw visually that just sort of, like, blew you away? Ooh, the last thing I seen visually that blew me away. I don't know. I have a brain fart, fart, but I just, I just got so much shit stored in. But like uh, visually, from an artist, I would have to say, what's the what's the name of that group that have all the oh Pink Floyd? Okay, all of their shit is fire. 
all their t-shirts is fire. All of their cover art is fire. Album art is fire. Tour um, with the plane crashing into the stage and all of that shit, fire. Just, you know what's interesting about that? I literally just got an email yesterday about doing a story on Gerald Scarf, who's the guy who created all their most of their art. So some of these guys are still alive. Would you ever want to work with them on like... Hell yes. Hell yeah. So if you could work with the guy who created all the Pink Floyd visuals, what would you want to do with him? I would let him do him. I would let him listen to the music, and I will just let him do him. Because his style is so abstract. I'm pretty sure he has his own coding or own um, meaning inside of it, but it was... It was him. He was a true artist. Well, is a true artist. And I would love to work with him. What's his name? Gerald Scarf. Gerald Scarf. Please work with me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool, too, because it's, these are these collaborations that people wouldn't necessarily think of. Yeah. But, I mean, it's that probably inspires you more. Again, you yeah. love working with your friends, but getting to work with people who, you know, are unexpected... No, I actually, like, I'm one of those artists, and especially where I am now, I'm looking for different results and different reactions. So I love working with people outside of just my friends. And, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm sure know, it's more yeah. fun for you. Exactly. But, like, it's just, like, looking for people that's been in the game and has, like, is, is more seasoned as well. It's like, you know, I was just having this conversation on the phone with um, Hope, which is, like, uh, one of the creative people at my label, and I'm just telling her, like, I'm at a very pivotal place in my career where it's like I can either keep coasting or I could just take this shit up to like a whole nother level. And like, I don't feel like, I feel like I have so much that I have to do. Like I've done so much, but it's so much vision and so much on a major scale um, artistically that I, I still want to put out. And like, um, I can have all these ideas, but if I don't have people to delegate them for me and, and the right team to execute, then it, they'll just, like, go with me to the grave. And that's another thing that people don't realize is, like, the team makes the artists. Like, P. Diddy had a team. Like, he wasn't blowing up them Bentleys by himself. Like, you know, Hype Williams had, had a team. You know, Malik Saeed, DP, and just, you know, Fatima, like, with the dances and everything like that. Like, these people have teams of people that help bring their visuals together, even Director X working under Hype Williams and then, like, taking his own career to the next level. Um, Harmony Corinne, your, your favorite directors for movie directors. These people have, like, groups of people that, you know, make sure shit is right. And artists as well, like Travis Scott or Rocky has a team. And, like, you know, Rihanna has a huge team. And everybody, like, shit is just not... We don't wake up and just get dressed and be like, all right, this is what it is. Like, no, we plan shit months ahead. You know, it's, we doing BET weekend. We got to have outfits for that shit. We doing uh, MTV Music Awards or Movie Awards. Like, we planning in advance. Like, what uh, what is the story we trying to tell? You know what I'm saying? Like, we seen it with Kanye, how he went from backpack rapper hanging out with Talib Kweli, putting him on songs with Jay-Z, um, Louis Vuitton Dawn. He went from Louis Vuitton Dawn to Yeezus. Like, it was Steps. And then he used, like, 808s and Heartbreaks as a palette to, like, clear all taste of them and bring some new shit in. Because it was, like, for me, 808s and Heartbreaks broke Sonics of, like, whatever you thought Ye was supposed to put out, it broke that shit. 
with some typical rock star shit. Like what you was talking about, how people may go and do like a fucking country album or this, that, and the third. Like yeah. that was Kanye doing that. And then he was able to be more artistic, you know, so, yeah. So for you, when you think ahead to like 2020, this time next year, right? You have the EP coming now, yeah. the tour. When you think ahead to where you want to be then, you know, sort of planning out the steps. Yeah. You know, if we come back here in a year. Yeah. Where do you see Ferg then in a year? That Like, what, what would have made this like a successful year for you? Well, it's already a successful year for me because I'm or I'm experimenting with sounds. I'm putting new, uh, music out, people digging it, and I love it. Um, <clears throat> shooting videos with like directors and things I wanna I wanna do. So I'm I'm very happy with, with where I'm at right now. Um, within a year, uh, what was the question? <laughs> where, like what would what would make you happy? You know, because like you said, you plan out steps. Yeah. Everything has to be sort of thought out. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're planning ahead for a year from now, mm-hmm. what what would you you know like to do? Like, what would be like the coolest thing that you could look back on in a year and be like, just being an artist and not giving a fuck? Like, basically, like that's always, you know, we we're blessed to have hits and things like that as artists, but like sometimes that shit can be a gift and a curse because with a hit, you'll just be like, damn, I could keep satisfying my fans with hits, but like. What about the challenge? What about like a different sonic? What about not using 808 drums, like using like something else? What about using more guitars or like, you know, just challenging your your listener? Because that's how I approached the game when I came into it. It was like, I don't know what I'm doing, Uh, but like everything I'm doing, I'm loving it. I'm creating, basically, I'll put a movie on, pause it, and create a score for that scene. And that's how I created Trap Lord. Like, I wasn't trying to make an album. I was just trying to make a movie, audio. And, you know, it's, I feel like maintaining that and and always staying in that place of creation, I think that I'll be happy as long as I stay in that place. The moment you know, you start overthinking it and being like, ah, oh, I don't know if like people gonna fuck with this and you let the labels or people get into your ears like they've done to me or like a million other artists, that's like spells doom because then you could lose your vision. Well, but it's so interesting because again, I mean, it, you know, that's every artist. The mark of a true artist mm-hmm. is someone who's never satisfied. Right. Because as an artist, like I always talk about with people, right? Even if Coltrane had thought of Love Supreme was like, if Coltrane had thought of Love Supreme was perfect, he's not going to make another record. Right. Because you always have something to shoot for. Right. So for you, it's interesting. I mean, you know, as you start to look at that sort of, you know, I, I guess, close for, this is how I always put it to people, right? You know, because as an artist, you can never, ever, ever do your best work. Because if you do your best work... Then you it's have, done. Yeah, done. you have nothing to shoot for. Yeah, it's like, it's like moving. Like, if you stop moving, then you die. Yeah. Literally, so, if you sit here, like, forever, you will die. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have to move to get your blood flowing and get your legs moving. But what happens is it's funny. Like, we'll, we'll take that analogy, right? So you'll get up from here. You'll go in the other room. You go out. You go do something. Whatever it is, right? So as an artist, what happens, I think, you know, for a lot of artists, is you get these steps where you start to look at and say, okay, this is where I want to go. And this is kind of like you mentioned with Kanye, right? Yeah. Getting there. So for you, when you look at all the new stuff, whether it's pups, whether it's floor seats, you know, all this stuff, like, are there moments on the new EP or the stuff you're working on where you say, okay, 
I know I'm not there yet because I can never get there. Yeah. But this is where I really want to get. more of what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, Floor Seats is that. Um, and it's a song called Butt Naked. That's that. And you'll get, like, when you when you hear these songs, you'll get what I'm talking about. It's very me, but it's like a new a new and improved me. Yeah. It's funny. So for you. Evolved me. What, where did you, I mean, when you look back, and it's funny, because I talk about this with artists too, right? You're making a record. Mm-hmm. You never have any perspective on what's happening because you're in the middle of it. Right. So for you, once you start to look back on floor seats and butt naked and songs like that, do you start to see where, okay, this? do you get a sense of where that came from or what sort of inspired you to get to this new place, like, the, as you put it, the new Evolve Geo? Um, well, was there like a moment that sort of, you know, put you on that way? For sure. Like it was just me experimenting and wanting to, uh, use other mediums or other instruments, I guess, um, using different styles, listening to different people. Um, I was listening to like a lot of drum and bass and like old Goldie shit, like from, um, like London, like talking to him about working and, um, that led me to like listening to like Nine Inch Nails and, um, Trent Reznor and shit like that because it was like the sound that I was explaining to my engineers or my producers they was like oh well that sounds like this and then they, we'll go through their albums and shit like that and then you know we wind up like listening to like Prodigy because that was like a vibe that was kind of fitting in what I was thinking because I was always my mind is like MTV 90s like for this um, for Floor Seat song period and that captured that that time capsule for me. That was a time capsule for me. And um, I did it best with floor seats. And um, I achieved exactly what I was going for. And even more because, like, once I rapped on it, it just turned into something else. So a lot of people who, like, smack my bitch up shit, like, who they love that song and don't even realize, like, that's a prodigy sample. Like, I think they'll lose their shit once they figure it out. Um, but I think that's the beauty of the song. And a loop. All right. I won't keep you much longer, but I got to ask, first of all. I love I love it. Ask me all the questions you want. All right. Goldie. So is there a chance that you guys are going to work together? Because I love that shit. You know, going back to like Goldie, Ronnie Size, that 90s drum and bass shit. Yes. So are you guys going to work together? What's happening with that? Um, we've, been, we've been in talks and we shared a lot. Like Goldie is really like my big brother. Like, you know, we talk, and I love his aesthetic, and I always talk about, like, Bjork, and um, I always talk about Bjork and just, like, them, like, hitting the streets and what it was like back then, and, you know, walk around with gold slugs with, like, the gold locks back then, what like, what it was like. Um, I love hearing the stories. Um, I love hearing his ideas and, like, you know, him being an innovative artist. Like the same, because I liken him to myself. Um, just the same way I talked to Buster for hours. And, you know, was those your ideas or was it Hype Williams' ideas? How much it was yours? Like, you know, like, did you come up with those outfits and those concepts? Like, you know, and the same thing I do for, like, Missy whenever I talk to Missy or Pharrell. I just ask a million questions. Um, but, yeah, hell yeah. Like, Goldie, yeah, hell yeah. I want to work with him. It got to be the right records, and I'm pretty sure we get that right one. All right, and fucking obsessed with Nine Inch Nails, one of my favorite bands in the world. So was there one particular sound or album that really jumped out for you when you were listening to Nine Inch Nails? 
nah, it wasn't. It was just the aesthetic and it was just like the 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 beat switch ups and just how it moved me. I haven't listened to like too much of like the albums and things like that. It was like a few songs that um my producer Rufio played for me. And um it set like vibes and like just different frequencies that you know I could just deliver a message on. Rather than just like doing trap beats and things like that. Like I love it, but at the end of the day it's like everything becomes redundant and like how many times are you gonna do three six mafia, you know, BPMs and drum patterns it starts to sound like one big reggaeton song and reggaeton songs is getting really good now so we got to actually catch up <laughs> to what like bad bunny and you know these guys is doing jay balvin because they taking you know spanish music to a whole nother level and i feel like hip-hop is in a weird space right now where it's kind of stuck and everything is microwave and it's because the artistry and everything like it's kind of taking a step back and everybody is just focused on putting out, putting out, putting out. And the labels is like, yo, let's just put out these songs and shoot a quick video and we can make mad money off tour. Like, and some, a lot of artists is cool. Like they approach it like as the streets and they hustling, but it's never been that for me. Like I've never like received money for, uh, um, to do a song with somebody like I've never like if I love the song I do that shit for free because I really believe in it that mean I'm gonna have to shoot the like I want to shoot the video for it if I'm doing a song I mean if you paying me to 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 rap on your record you have to pay me to be in your video too like and that's like me dragging my foot and I'm not staying true to my artistry so I feel like a lot of artists is doing shit they don't want to do because money is getting in the way of it and it's like making the artistry of it like lack like, I got charged, like, by two artists. I ain't going to name who it was, but I'm like, man, like, that's crazy to me because, like, I would never charge an artist I would love to work with, but I, I'm pretty sure people do things different ways, and it just it's like that. It's a new day, for sure. Well, it's so interesting, though, because this gets into a different matter, and it's funny because, again, you look at it, and it's like, you know, one of the things that's also happened, though, you know, is I think that, music has changed in the sense too and it's interesting because it's kind of going in multi-directions for a little while after Trump got elected yeah. you saw music was like getting much more socially conscious right and I think now that people need an escape again music seems to be getting uh how do I want to put it by some artists not all obviously there's a lot of great yeah. artists but by some artists it's getting dumber again yeah I mean at least if it's dumb let it be like intentionally dumb <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? With a plan behind <laughs> it. Like, you know, make it clever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't make it so on the surface dumb. Like, right. But you know what I mean? So it's like it was like Eminem made a dumb video. Mm -hmm. But it was like genius because it was like all of this dumb shit happening. But it was like, we love seeing like him in a fucking mental asylum or like nursery home and like you know, getting on, like, all of the pop singers and shit like that. But, like, that's, like, dumb. But it's, like, amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even know if it's dumb, but, like... Yeah, I don't just say, but because but, everything he did was so orchestrated in terms of, like... Orchestrated, yeah, exactly. Like, like, it was intentional. It was great art and made for great art. Yeah. It's not, like, just fucking... Because, like, what we call, like, 
a Mark Rothko dumb because he just used colors to express his emotion or what we call what we call the fact that like Picasso just wanted to make a blue series dumb because he just wanted to paint in blue. Like I think it's all intentional. Like I think like if you're gonna be dumbed and like like make a storyline before it or something like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying, and it's interesting, though, because, and again, I don't know if dumb is the right word. I was trying to think about it, but it's like... I don't know if dumb is the right word, either. And I, I think it's almost intentional. I didn't want to call M anything Eminem did dumb because right. he's the GOAT. Like, Yeah, no, I know what you mean, but what I was getting at was like, you know, so for you as an artist, talk about... Because I've also talked about this with so many people, too. As you get older, right? Yeah. You also feel more of a responsibility to speak out and be more socially conscious because you can do so much good yeah. with your fame and all that. Facts. You know, so talk about that for you. Also, lyrically, being able to sort of, you know, talk I mean, about more. I mean, it's a struggle. I mean, as an artist, and I spoke to Pharrell about this yesterday. He was basically, I asked him because, like, I was like making posts as an artist and things like that. I was like, yo, um, did you talk about this subject or whatever the case may be? We was talking about, like, the, um, I don't know too much about this subject, but the, um, I think Trump is, like, passing a law or something about uh, babies. Reproductive, the abortion rights or the? Yeah, the abortion rights and all of that stuff. We were talking about more, like, yeah. So I was just basically, my um, PR was filling me in on what was happening and she's, down with like this basically Planned Parenthood yeah yeah Planned Parenthood exactly yeah we just got into a conversation about that and then I was just like what do you think about artists that's like has a platform but they're not really putting out like and and talking about what's happening and he was like man I wish that they they would do it more but I understand why they don't and um sometimes some artists is just not in that space to do it because they just don't know like me like uh, like I could be like a dumb artist and like not know what's going on in the world because I just don't have all the time in the world to look at the news or whatever the case may be. I find out secondhand from like my uncle or whatnot, but you know I do care when I find out. So I want to yeah. I want to dig more deeper into the the problem or the situation. And if I feel deeply about something, I'll post something. Like if you're there, because you know some artists, I feel like they just be like posting shit just to be a part of something that they don't even know too much about. And then that's when you're doing it for the wrong reasons and the wrong intentions. So I feel like you post what you believe in and if you can help, help. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Are there artists that you look at? You mentioned Pharrell, obviously. He's always been so big with the environmental stuff as well. Yeah. You know, are there artists that like you... Like the Plastic Island stuff and like yeah. all of the stuff that's yeah. going on with Conservation like and all that, you know. Because yeah. every day, I mean, that's the thing. It's like every day Trump is passing another law to kill the earth. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, I mean, now he's like, you know, today there was just one out about, you know, opening up sort of things that, you know, against endangered species. Yeah. Because apparently, you know, it's a good thing in the world to kill more animals. Yeah. You know? So for you, are there artists that you admire for the way that they speak up and that you sort of, you know, you mentioned Pharrell, but that you look at and think like, okay, I want to get to... Because again, like you say too, part of it is just being able to keep up on everything because everyone's freaking busy. Exactly. And there's so much. I mean, even like with Kanye, like... And I know people probably gonna go crazy off this soundbite, but like even with Kanye like linking up with Trump or whatever, I don't think it was totally a bad thing. People like, oh, why would you link up with this guy? Whatever, whatever. I look at it like you have to know what the fuck is going on with your president. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you had like, and he was the one that stepped up and did it. Like the way he did it. Like, I'm not putting on a red hat or nothing. Like, I'm not you know doing all of that. But like having a conversation with him to see where his mind is at and like all right what's the plans for like the 
you know what I'm saying, for whatever, whatever. He's, uh, I don't want to say, like, friends with the enemy type shit, but, like, he's just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Because, like, we need to know what's going on. Like, we don't, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, all I know is what, like, what the news tell us, but by the time the news find out, it's like, we, like, Kanye probably knew that shit was going to happen, like, a month ago. Because... He can call the president. <laughs> and it's the same thing with, like, Obama. Like, we would want to be more friends with Obama because, like, he was the cool president. And, like, it's, it's whatever. But it's the same thing. Like, all that information gets passed on to Obama the same way it gets passed on to Trump. And I'm not, like, a Trump advocate or nothing. I don't, like, I'm not, never, ever. Like, even me saying his name is, like, but I, I understand the the method to the madness of why he aligned himself in that way, but like the way he went about it, it just was like he lost a lot of love and a lot of people that supported him. Yeah, but like you say, it's funny because then the shit happens with Rocky, right? And he mm -hmm. has a direct line to be able to try and. But that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting to. That's yeah. what I'm getting to. Uh, man, it's interesting. So, so. Uh, you know, I always try and wrap it up going back to the beginning. It's fun. I mean, you know, when you think back to the, that kid who was like, I don't want to be in the clubs, who was trying to finesse his way in, and they are having conversations with people who are friends with the president, and you're getting your free shoes, and, you know, you have this opportunity to speak out on all this stuff, and, you know, also to make music with all these people that you admire. I mean, you know, is there a moment where you sit back and look at it and say, you know, it's funny, did you always believe that it was going to happen, or is there a moment where you're just like, dude, this shit's crazy? Um, or maybe it's a mix. I always knew I was going to be huge and somebody special. Always, like, even in junior high school, people knew. Like, I got, like, most likely to be a millionaire. I'm a millionaire already. I got uh, best dressed in school back then. I got most likely to be prom king. I didn't, I don't, I didn't even show up to prom for that. Um, I got, uh... Best dancer. I wasn't even dancing like that in school. I think people just wanted me to win so bad. I got another thing. Uh, I forgot what it was, but yeah, like people always seen it in me that I had something in me to like drive me to to want more and and be bigger and be great. Cool. What do you want to add? We didn't talk about um, floor seats. Floor seats to my life. Um, as the VIP treatment to my life, you get to see the behind the scenes. Oh, well, you get to hear behind the scenes by listening to this EP and, um, just enjoy it. Yeah. Cool. Thanks a lot, dude. Thank you so much. Hey, this is Steve Balton. You have been listening to My Turning Point with ASAP Ferg. Opening it up on a lot of stuff from David Bowie and listening to Nine Inch Nails to not wanting to get in the clubs as a kid, to fashion, to politics. This was a freaking great conversation. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for joining us. Floor seats for the Knicks. Couple models blowing hits. They don't even want to pick. Want to lick up, want to... Yeah. I done made a couple hits. Going hammer with a pick. God handed me the gift. Rollie ain't got a tick. I attract a lot of ticks. Getting caught up in a mix. Hollywood, same chick. Didn't know that I'd be doing this. Went to school for paying pigs. Now I pay the
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.